Hey now, hey now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line. That's right, we're back again. Thursday night, this is July the 1st. My Lord, have mercy, we're in a brand new month. Can y'all believe that? Can y'all believe that? Also, a little uh, addition to this episode, we're actually doing this live, believe it or not. Um, we are back on our normal YouTube channel. We have been through two weeks straight of being banned. And as a matter of fact, let me check and make sure this actually worked. I couldn't believe it. I went to try to upload something on the, the normal over the line Facebook over the line. Uh, I'm sorry. What is it? YouTube.com slash over the line. And it actually let me do it. And as I'm looking here. Uh, I believe, by golly, we're actually live. This is amazing. This is our first regular, um, over-the-line podcast that we're doing live. We normally only do this on Friday nights. But nonetheless, we wanted to give it a shot because we plan on, so we plan on, we want to get to a point where we're doing this show live every single night that would be ideal but at the same time we can't really promise y'all a time we can give you like an hour time frame but i I don't know if that's gonna work maybe it will maybe it won't who freaking knows but let's get into it off the top man um there is some concern coming out of the office of the vice president And that concern is actually coming from her staff. I could not believe this when I saw it, when I saw this article. Not just because of the story itself, because the story itself is very believable, but where it came from is the unbelievable part. From Politico, none other than Politico, not a healthy environment, Kamala Harris's office rife with dissent. That's right. Utter chaos in the office of the vice president. Can you believe it? Kamala Harris, she, she's, I, I can't, I don't understand. Kamala Harris is so happy. She's always laughing and cackling and having a good time. And, you know, she's not like she's doing anything stressful, like going to the border or solving problems or anything. Although she did go to the border, okay. She went to the border last Friday but that was only after Donald Trump announced that he was, in fact, going to the border. <laughs> Which he went, was it yesterday he went? I believe it was yesterday. Uh, she's like, oh, well, well, I got to get there before he does. So she, in fact, did. But the amazing part of this is right here at the top. You see that? Politico puts this out. Now, Politico has gone to bat for the Democrats for years. They're not in the business of diminishing the Joe Biden administration or any Democrats whatsoever. So the fact that they're saying or they're reporting that that Kamala's office is not a healthy environment means it's 10 times worse than what they're saying it is. It's got at least 10 times worse. So you go on, you read through this article, um, and it talks about... um, For days, aides and outside allies have been calling and texting with each other about the political fallout that a potential trip would entail, talking about the border and how chaotic it was when last minute, and this this just goes to the fact that 
it was spur of the moment. It was only because Donald Trump was going to the border, not because she was looking to solve the problem or get any insight, because that's that was the point in going to the border. No, we didn't expect Kamala Harris to go down there and physically remove people from the country or physically stop people from crossing the border. You get a different perspective when you go somewhere and see things firsthand. And you can relate to it in your life as I can relate to it in mine. You may think one type of way, and then you meet a certain person or group of people, and you're like, you know what? After talking to those people, I really see things differently. And that's that was the importance of going to the... That was the reason going to the border was so important. So this shows the chaos among the staffers shows that she, in fact, only went because Donald Trump went. Because before he announced he was going, there was zero talk of Kamala going. It goes on to say the handling of the border visit was the latest chaotic moment for staff that's been quickly, uh, that's quickly become mired in them. Harris's team is experiencing low morale, porous lines of communication, and diminished trust among aides and senior officials. Much of the frustration internally is directed at Tina Florinoy, who is Harris's chief of staff, a veteran Democrat politic. Uh, a, de- Democrat, a veteran of Democratic politics who began working for her earlier this year. And as Tina Lady, if I'm not mistaken, she's one of the head honchos from like Philip Morris or one of these cigarette companies, which, hey, so much for Democrats, you know, trying to keep special interests out of politics. They're literally putting them in their cabinet. It interviews 22 current and former vice presidential aides administration officials and associates of Harris and Biden described a tense and at times dour office atmosphere. Aides and allies said uh, Flournoy, in an apparent effort to protect Harris, has instead created an insular environment where ideas are ignored or met with harsh dismissals and decisions are dragged out. Often, they said, She refuses to take responsibility for delicate issues and blames staffers for the negative results that ensue. So in in that part, it seems as if the staffer or it seems as if Politico is reporting that, yeah, it's tense and and everybody's miserable, but it's not really Kamala Harris's fault. It's her chief of staff who's being nasty. Now, the chief of staff, it's important to know, is the person that does the bidding of the person on top, in this case, Kamala Harris. The chief of staff is a direct reflection of Kamala Harris, which it goes on to say, while much of the ire is aimed at Harris, Harris's chief, two administration officials said the VP herself also bears responsibility for the way her office is run. They said, quote, it all starts at the top, according to one administration official who, like others, requested anonymity to be able to speak candidly about this sensitive matter. How about that? Kamala Harris literally overseeing chaos, confusion, and low morale in her own office. Can't even get her staffers to like her. You thought she was an unlikable unlikable person for us, the average American? You thought she was an unlikable person because she came in fifth place in the presidential race in her home state. But she's an unlikable person even in person. Not just as a politician, but as a human being. Nobody likes her. 
And again, it's amazing that Politico was the one that put this out, but at the same time, this will not make its way into the headlines on Don Lamont's show. It will not be one of the headlines when Chris Cuomo or Anderson Cooper or Rachel Maddow do their show tonight. They're not going to talk about this at all. Even though they spent the last four years breathlessly talking about Donald Trump's staff, Donald Trump's cabinet, everybody's miserable, everybody's leaving, they hate his guts, he's the worst boss in history. That's all they talked about. It was the lead story night after night after night. If it wasn't Russia, it was Donald Trump's staff is miserable. Yet here we go. We got it. And you may say this is the vice president, not the president. Oh, this is the president. This is the one running the show. Okay. And maybe that's why she's got poor communication with her staff, because she's not even really doing the job of vice president. She's doing the job of El Presidente, right? She's the one making the foreign trips. You, you know, if they could have gotten away with sending Kamala Harris to the G7 and sending Kamala Harris to do that four-hour meeting with Vladimir Putin, they would have absolutely done it. The last thing this administration wants to do is send Joe Biden to talk to any world leaders whatsoever. They don't want to send him to any... They don't even want to send him out to do a press conference. Because what happens when he starts freestyling? Close the economy. He starts whispering and getting real creepy. Pay them more. (laughs) It's bad. It's bad. So they feel the exact same way everybody else does. It is a bad move to put Joe Biden in any position where he has to speak take questions, or even interact with anybody. And the sole reason for that is anybody with two brain cells to rub together can see the cognitive decline in this man's mental state. That it's bad, and it's only getting worse. The main story I need to talk about tonight, though, most important one, and this is going to concern you. You may say to yourself, hey, I get it, but that guy's big time. I'm just Joe Blow from Alabama. This can never affect me. But wait and see. If you stand for this, if you don't say anything about this, you will be next. I can guarantee you that. Before I get into it, Vapor Forge out on 280. Quick reminder about them. If you had not been to Vapor Forge, you got to get down there. They've got the best prices, the best products, devices, juices, CBD, Delta 8. They got you covered, and they are proud partners with this show. You support Vapor Forge. You're supporting Over the Line. Check them out, 4673 Highway 280 East, right there in Birmingham by Bailey Brothers, 205-874-9010. And when you go, make sure you tell them, I heard you on Over the Line. Tucker Carlson, okay? And by the way, I love Tucker Carlson. Uh, If there's anybody I watch on cable news with any sort of regularity, it's going to be Tucker, okay? And I watch everybody, but I don't... I watch Rachel Maddow, but I don't watch Rachel Maddow every night. You know, I just kind of hop and skip around. Tucker is probably consistent because he's smart, he's witty, 
and he's not afraid to say what he actually believes in, even when the woke mob, the cancel culture, and even his own company pushes back. He's going to say it. And that's why we find ourselves in the position we're in right now. The NSA has apparently, at the very least, been reading Tucker Carlson's emails. They have been spying on Tucker Carlson and accessing his secret or private information in an attempt to what we can only assume is find some dirt or personal information that they can then turn around and use against him. That's the only assumption we can come up with. Now, obviously, we can't prove that. We don't have the information on that. I'm talking to you, YouTube. I'm, I'm back on my YouTube channel for the first time in God knows how long, and I don't want to get kicked off. This is my opinion. But what other reason would there be? I'll explain to you how that works in a minute. I want to play you Tucker's opening statement. Uh, he, he talked about it for two or three days in a row. Did a short segment on it. And then I think this was two days ago he opened up with uh, what he has officially found out with what's been going on with the NSA and reading his emails. Check this out. On Sunday, we heard from a whistleblower within the U.S. government, someone with direct knowledge, who warned us that the NSA was reading our electronic communications, our emails and texts, and was planning to leak them selectively in an effort to hurt us. This person had details from my emails that no one outside the recipient could have known. So it was not a delusion, it was entirely real. In fact, it was confirmed. After the show last night, after we announced this, other news organizations acted as if it's totally normal for heavily politicized intel agencies to spy on and threaten journalists they disagree with. It's no big deal, stop whining. But it is a big deal. It is completely wrong, not to mention illegally. And this is far, hardly the first time the so-called intelligence community has done something like this. They've done an awful lot of it. Look it up. If we let them continue to do it, it's the end of democracy. Democracy can't function with semi-independent, highly politicized intel agencies. It's really dangerous. For its part, the Biden administration just ignored the story. They did not deny the story. They can't. They know that it's true. Today, the president's flack was asked about it on Air Force One. Here's the exchange. Tucker Carlson said that the NSA is spying on him. Is the administration aware of any or listening efforts on U.S. citizens by the NSA? And is Tucker Carlson one of them? Uh, well, the NSA, as I think you're well aware, I'm everyone's aware, uh, everyone on this plane is aware, I should say, uh, is an entity that focuses on foreign threats and individuals uh, who are try attempting to do us harm on foreign soil. So uh, that is the their uh, purview. Um, but uh, beyond that, I would point you to the intelligence community. Now, first of all, can we just take a moment to... <laughs> I don't know. I probably shouldn't say this. Because, look, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm really not. And when I am mean to people, I, I feel personally that it's people that deserve it. But can we just look at this right here? Just, just look at this. Would you look at that? This lady right here. Is that not a looker, if you've ever seen one? Why are liberal women so ugly? That's all I want to know. But two things here, okay? First of all, Tucker says, look it up. 
This is a thing. This is they. Th- this is not new for them. They've been doing it for a while. And what I assume he means is spying on journalists. If you go back a very short time to the Obama administration, there was a reporter by the names of, of James Rosen. Now, James Rosen worked for Fox News. And James, he suspected that he was being spied on, wasn't really sure who it was or where it was coming from or why they were doing it. But through many legal moves, lawyers, attorneys, court cases, James Rosen found out who, in fact, was spying on him, who was reading his emails, and it was the Obama administration spying on a journalist. Now, the Democrats, keep in mind, these these are the people that over the last four years, they were saying that that sitting president, Donald Trump, was attacking freedom of the press, trying to silence journalists. A guy that was treated so unfairly by the press, yet never once silenced any journalist. You can't even stretch it to say, well, he wouldn't take a, a question from Jim Acosta one time. So that's that's restricting freedom of the press. No. I mean, if it is, think about how many times they skip over Peter Ducey from Fox News now in taking questions, whether it's Jen Psaki or Biden himself. James Rosen was literally labeled a criminal co-conspirator by the NSA. Our own spy agencies were allowed to spy on journalists with no legitimate reason whatsoever. CBS News, May 23rd, 2013. Court documents released this week show the Obama administration secretly monitored a Washington journalist in seeking a search warrant, the FBI called Fox News' James Rosen a criminal co-conspirator, even though, and here's the fun part, he hasn't been charged with any crime. And never was, by the way. This was eight years ago now. Never was charged with a crime. These revelations have set off a firestorm of criticism from the left and the right. CBS's Jan Crawford reports. For the first time ever, a presidential administration is treating news reporting like a crime and a reporter like a criminal suspect. Rosen vowed on Wednesday night to protect his source for a scoop he got back in 2009, reporting that then North Korea would respond to sanctions with more nuclear tests. This is scary stuff, and this is real. Joe Biden spying, uh, allowing spying to go on reporters, especially on Fox News, is not new. You never saw this with Donald Trump, did you? You remember remember the big story where Donald Trump was spying on journalists and getting their private information because he didn't like a story they put out? Yeah, I don't either. Because it didn't happen. But here we are, reliving it all over again. Then you go back, to Jen Psaki, you just heard her statements. She never admitted or she never stated that the NSA was not spying on Tucker Carlson. She said, the NSA is an entity that focuses on foreign threats and individuals who are trying and attempting to do us harm on foreign soil. 
So that is their purview. But beyond that, I would point you to the Intelligence Committee. How many times do you hear her say that, by the way? Oh, I'm going to have to point you to so-and-so. Point you to so-and-so. Because I, uh, I haven't asked the president about that. But I don't know anything about that. I often wonder if they have any internal conversations and say, do we need to continue with Jinsaki? Because she sucks. You know, you, she's ugly. You can give her a pass for that. But, like, she looks like an absolute disaster. But it makes for a good extension of Joe Biden, I suppose. You want your press secretary to appropriately represent the president and his cabinet, and I think she does do that very well. She does a very good job. But that's important. So not only did Jin Saki deny that the NSA is not spying, decided not to bring it up at all, the NSA actually released a statement after Tucker Carlson again and again, reached out and said, hey, what's going on? The NSA released this statement here. They said, on June 28, 2021, Tucker Carlson alleged that the National Security Agency has been monitoring our electronic communications and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take his show off the air. This allegation is untrue. Tucker Carlson has never been an intelligence target of the agency, and the NSA has never had any plans to try to take his program off the air. NSA has a foreign intelligence mission. We target foreign powers to generate insights on foreign activities that could harm the United States. With limited exceptions, for example, an emergency, NSA may not target a U.S. citizen without carrying out a court order that explicitly authorizes the targeting. You see what it says there? Tucker Carlson has never been an intelligence target of the agency, and the NSA has never had any plans to take his program off the air. Did you notice what they did not say? They did not say they were not scooping up his information. Because here's what happens. They've got something called the hop rule. It's called the two hop rule or something like that. Which means you can target a foreigner, foreign official on foreign soil or whatever. No matter who it is. The NSA has the ability to spy on these people. No court order needed, no warrant, no nothing. And this was all brought on by George W. Bush and the Patriot Act, which has been an absolute disaster from the get-go. It was about getting a terrorist. But now, guess what? We're getting Tucker Carlson. He's a real terrorist. He's an insurrectionist. I'm sure that's what George W. Bush is saying right now. The Patriot Act, which I got to admit, maybe I, I wasn't 100% against it at first because we were united as a country and we just wanted to do whatever we had to do to get the terrorist. But from the jump, I had questions. And little did I know we would eventually get here. But the hop rule, the two hop rule, means they can spy on a foreigner. And then if that foreigner happens to correspond with, in this case, Tucker Carlson, they can then scoop up that communication as well. And then they expand it into looking into other things. But 
they can throw their hands up and say, well, Tucker Carlson's not the target. It was the other guy. We just got to look at Tucker's stuff because he's talking to the guy we're targeting. The two-hop rule comes in. They can go and get the communications of other people that Tucker Carlson are talking to. So they can go from the foreigner to Tucker Carlson to anybody else Tucker Carlson's talking to. They can go that far with it, and there's no accountability for them. All they say is, well, he's not our target. We just happen to stumble across his stuff. And so we got to read it. It's part of our it's part of our investigation. Tucker shouldn't have been talking to these people. If they can do that to Tucker Carlson, is there any reason you believe that can't happen to you? Tucker then goes on to recount the um the phone call he and his staff made to the NSA and to the NSA director, four-star general, uh, Paul Nakasong. They contact him. They call multiple times. They won't put him through. Then they give him some BS excuse. Here's Tucker explaining that interaction with he and his staff. A conspiracy theorist for complaining about it. Well, this morning we decided to just call Paul Nakasone directly. He's the highly political left-wing four-star general who runs the NSA. The receptionist refused to put us through. We're American citizens, though, so we kept trying because it's our right. This afternoon we got his direct line and we tried again. Nakasone's assistant seems shocked that someone whose email the NSA is reading would dare to call the director himself. Shut up, surf, obey! So they told us Nakasone just wasn't there. Then, just minutes before air tonight, the NSA sent us an infuriatingly dishonest formal statement, an entire paragraph of lies written purely for the benefit of the intel community's lackeys at CNN and MSNBC, all those people they hire with the titles on the screen. They also tweeted it out a few minutes ago. Now, last night on the show, we made a very straightforward claim. Now, that is the conversation he and his staff had. Got absolutely nowhere. Now, if this were the Trump administration spying on CNN, MSNBC reporters, or whoever, it would have been the scandal of the century. It would be on every news channel. Fox News would even be talking about it. They would say, this is Watergate times 20. As it should be. But in this instance, nobody's talking about it. They're even painting it as it's all made up. And Tucker is a wacko, crazy, QAnon, insurrectionist, conspiracy theorist. They just made it up. He just made it up so he can have something to talk about on his show. Even though he confirmed it, whistleblowers within the NSA contacted Tucker Carlson and say, hey, they're looking at your stuff. You want me to prove it to you? Let me read you one of your emails that you only have access to. Now, how would that whistleblower at the NSA be able to read Tucker Carlson's emails back to him if they're not reading his emails? It's obvious. It's obvious what's going on here. Do you know how hard they have tried that groups, leftists, activists have tried to take Tucker Carlson off the air. 
because he's only been on Fox News for a few years, right? He took the place of uh, Bill O'Reilly, who suffered the same fate. They came at him with sexual assault allegations. He was forced to resign, and there was nothing after that. Once he was gone, then all of a sudden, the story disappeared. No need to talk about it anymore. We got rid of Bill O'Reilly. Same thing with Tucker Carlson. There have been sexual assault allegations against him. They've gone after his advertisers, tried to get him canceled, and they haven't done it. So after so many failed attempts of taking Tucker off air, what's what else do you have left to do? Oh, I know. Utilize and weaponize the government's intelligence agencies, and let's take him down that way. Surely there's something within his private correspondence with his friends, his family, or whatever, that we can leak out there and get rid of him because he is one of the biggest threats to this administration because he's not afraid to put anything out there. If it's going on, he's going to talk about it. Especially with him talking about us finding out that some of the insurrectionists on January 6th are reportedly... Reportedly, YouTube, this is reported, actual reports in the news, that some of those people were FBI informants. And those people that were working with the FBI were actually the ones leading the charge, getting people fired up to do what they did on January 6th. Now, we don't know that to be a fact. That could change. But the reports... And the evidence leans heavily in that direction. You mean to tell me Tucker breaks that story and then all of a sudden the NSA is reading his emails? Why do you think that is? And if the NSA did find something, they would do the very illegal act of leaking those emails. They have no problem doing that. This is the government. This is the intelligence community being weaponized to take out political enemies. They're doing it to the Trump family right now. Alan Weisselberg, the uh, the COO of uh, a Trump organization, they're charging him with tax fraud over some minuscule amount of money in the grand scheme of things that he allegedly didn't pay taxes on. It's something like, um, I don't know what it was, like a hundred... Um, thousand dollars. Something small. Don't quote me on it. But it was over the course of sixteen years. It was it was like using a company car to get back and forth to work and not reporting it. Something that nobody in history has ever been charged for. The IRS has never gone after anybody like this for this reason. Never. Worst case scenario, people have had to pay the money back or refile their taxes. This guy who's like 70-something, 80-something, they're trying to throw him in jail. They're trying to string him up because they want him to give whatever dirt they think is out there about Donald Trump that they can't seem to find. We were told that Donald Trump was going to be the one going to jail over this, but he's not even being charged with anything. They're just trying to get his right-hand man when it comes to the Trump organization. They're weaponizing the government to go after political enemies they're using the media social media 
intelligence agencies, and anything else they can get their hands on. They are vicious, and they're going to get what they want. The Obama administration, Obama himself, same exact way. But it wasn't that long ago. You can go back in time in our little over-the-line time machine and find out what Joe Biden thought about this stuff. Do you ever think about that? you ever think, like, back in the day, moderate Joe Biden, mildly racist Joe Biden, uh, a guy that promoted the 94 crime bill, called African-Americans predators on our streets, saying we need to lock them up, we need more police, we need more prisons. What did he think about things like the Patriot Act and the ability for a president or a presidential administration to be able to spy on Americans? We actually know what he said. Here it is. I don't have to listen to your phone calls to know what you're doing. If I know every single phone call you made, I'm able to determine every single person you talk to. I can get a pattern about your life that is very, very intrusive. And the real question here is, what do they do with this information that they collect that does not have anything to do with Al-Qaeda? And we're going to trust the president and the vice president of the United States that they're doing the right thing. Don't count me in on that. Oh, really? Oh, really? Now, now Joe Biden is completely okay with it. Actually, he doesn't really want to even talk about it. Now, back in the day, he would never trust a president or presidential administration to be able to spy on Americans using the hop rule via the Patriot Act or whatever. But now, nothing. Crickets. This is scary. And I know I come at y'all all the time saying this is scary, that's scary, whatever. But man, I'm telling you, we are in a time right now like we've never seen. I've mentioned this before. And back during the Obama administration, which is when I started my radio career, there were things that those of us in conservative talk radio would do, say, or discuss that were pretty petty. I tried to, you know, avoid that stuff, but I was also involved in some of it. Of course, I was at a thousand watt AM stations. So nobody was listening anyway. I could tell y'all whatever I said. I could just make it up. Y'all wasn't listening. But some petty stuff was said. They would. Obama wore a tan Easter, uh, a tan suit on Easter. You know, conservative talk media went after him for it. Like, you know, it's not, it's not a big deal. It's pretty patty. But the thing, there was things that he did do, like spying on journalists, James Rosen, Fox News. But comparing now to then, back then, Obama was a left-leaning Republican. That's the way Obama looks now. In this day and age, with what we know and what we're watching happen on a daily basis, it's scary. Because it's not going to stop at Tucker Carlson. It's going to make its way down until each and every person is monitored to make sure they can be silenced 
You look at what's going on with the military, this equality and diversity. They're even lowering the, um, uh, the, the, the qualifications, the requirements to be in a combat role. I guess because they want to put fat people on the front lines. I don't know. But they're literally weakening our military with this. But one of the more important things is the fact that they're looking for people that support Trump, that supported January 6th, and support the questioning of the 2020 election to kick them out of the military. And putting it under the guise of these are people with white supremacist ideology. Literally, being a Trump supporter could put you in a group of being a white supremacist and you could lose your career in the military. That's scary. I've said it time and time again. We always used to say, man, here's the thing. If the government tries to come after us, if it really goes down, we ain't got to worry about it. The military's going to be on our side, which has been true. In the past, that's true, but what happens if they fundamentally change the military and turn the military into a, uh, an organization that only has people that agree with their philosophy and are willing to take out unconstitutional orders? What then? Military ain't going to be on your side. The spying stuff is just the tip of the iceberg. It's CCP tactics. It's communist China. It's Russia. It's Vladimir Putin. Going after their political enemies with the full force of the government to take those people out. In China and Russia, they just completely do away with them. That may or may not have happened here in this country. I'm sure you can think of a couple examples. But it's coming. It's coming. So you better get ready. This will not stop with Fox News reporters and Fox News hosts. I got to get out of here. We're way over our time limit. Real quick, before I go, don't forget about Patreon.com slash Andrew McClain who. This is a way for you to donate to the show on a monthly basis, $5, $10, $25, $50 a month, whatever you want to do. You can pick it. You can do a one-time deal. You can pledge a certain amount of money, go back and change it. Whatever you give is going to be much appreciated. And in exchange for that donation, you get exclusive behind-the-scenes content from Trish and I and then everybody else that ends up in our videos and our posts. Patreon.com slash Andrew McLean, who makes sure you go check that out. And if you do contribute to the show, we will, in fact, love you a long time. That's it for this episode. Until next time, see you, cools. <laughs>